if I know who I am, if I know what I believe in, if I know what I value and like I know what's important to me, I work on constantly like trying to discern my purpose and live out my passion. That's kind of what it is for me to be a human and be like on earth doing what I'm here to do. And it also is what keeps me feeling like I'm in that space where I can be healthy and happy and well. Welcome to Perennials, a podcast about growing up, getting wise, and trying to live a good life. I'm Victoria Russell. Today, I'm talking to Heather Tynan. Heather is a student, blogger, natural product maker, believer, creator, sister, daughter, and friend. She grew up in scenic Northwest New Jersey, studied biochemistry and molecular genetics, public health, and environmental studies at Drew University, which is where we met. And after two gap years, she found herself driving cross-country in pursuit of her current path and passion. Now she is in her fourth and final year of naturopathic medical school, a program which mirrors allopathic medical programs, but places more emphasis on total, whole person, mind, body, spirit, wellness, and holistic methods of diagnosis and treatment at Bastyr University, San Diego. Heather's blog, Living in the Light Today, is really beautiful. In every post, she offers something really valuable to her readers about natural living and about, as she says, living in the light, which for her means living with health, happiness, harmony, and hope. And every post offers a way to cultivate that in your life. It's A lot of it is about using natural products, making things at home that are non-toxic and good for you. And and in that process, there's a lot of slowing down and being intentional and being connected to your environment and your habits and rituals, which really harkens back to our most recent episode, episode 10 with Dr. Keisha Moore about developing healthy habits and rituals. I think Heather really embodies that. You should definitely check out the blog. She also talks about, you know, spirituality and not just the materials in your life, but what's going on in your inner world as well. And Heather has a really cool um, special offer for perennials listeners who want to visit her um, her shop of homemade goods by Heather. Um, she has a special holiday flash sale going on just this week. So it's over, um, I think, at the end of December 13th, but it'll be opening back up in early January and she'll be keeping that special deal for perennials listeners. So listen to the episode. At the end, she'll be sharing how you can get a discount on her products, which include essential oil rollers and some tea blends and homemade beeswax candles. Really cool stuff. I hope you enjoy this episode. I know I definitely did. I could have talked to her all night, so (laughs) enjoy. Oh, and just a quick note. Um, Unfortunately, the volume is a little bit low in the first half of the episode. There's just a little bit of a technical difficulty Um, I'm definitely still learning about all of this podcasting stuff. Um, So you might have to turn your volume up a little bit for the first half and then it gets better in the second half. Um, So if you, if you can bear with that, there's such, such good conversation going on. So I I know it's a little bit annoying, um, but I, I hope you can still hear it and enjoy it. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. So the title of your blog is Living in the Light Today. And I was wondering if we could just start out by talking about what inspired you to create that blog and if you could describe the four 
kind of pillars, um, health, happiness, harmony, and hope, the pillars on which all of, all of your content stands? Yeah, definitely. Um, so the blog is a few years old now. I think it's like four or five years old. I actually started it. Um, I took two gap years after college and sometime like in the very middle of my time off, I started that blog. And I think it was, I think I was at a time where I was starting to figure out what I wanted to do. A lot of things were coming together for me and a lot of things were pointing toward natural health. And so I spent a lot of my time after college um, doing a lot of research around natural health and just medicine in general. And it kind of all pointed me in that direction. And what was born of that was the blog. And I think it was it was a result of me feeling like I'd been doing so much research and I just wanted to kind of flip it and then share, share what I've been learning. So that's kind of what started it. And then it's developed a little bit and evolved a little bit as I've evolved and started my naturopathic medicine journey. Um, so I think it changed, it's changed along the way and it will continue to change, of course. Um, but right now I think I've, kind of got it at a solid space where, as you said, it kind of revolves around those four pillars and health, happiness, harmony, and hope are pretty broad topics. But I wanted to keep it that way because I feel like a lot of different subjects can be under those categories and also in general, just point people toward a healthier, happier life. Um, so all the topics that I post about, a lot of them are natural health related um, and naturopathic medicine related, but really overall what I want the blog to be is a place where people can come and get ideas and inspirations for living happier, healthier, wholer lives, lives that are closer to nature and lives that are simplified. So mm -hmm. that's kind of like my, um, the creation story of the blog and a little bit about um, the components of it. It's really interesting that you talk about um, living lives that are simpler because I think sometimes I can look at trying to incorporate some of more holistic ways of living um, into my life and I think oh it's so complicated or it's it's so hard or it's so time-consuming um, but and it's it's a lot of it is about things being less convenient than we're used to them being or than they can be in our world. But I know like for myself, I've kind of learned that if we come at it from a place of trying to control everything and be perfect, then yeah, it will be totally unsustainable. But if we actually are coming at it with a sense of gratitude and curiosity and just intentionality and just start where we are bit by bit, that we actually develop like we we're much more grateful. We feel more connected. We feel a sense of awe of how much there is around us um, that maybe we didn't even notice before. And then we actually can slow down and things do feel more simple, even though maybe they're less quote unquote convenient. And down the line, like the benefits can be so big. Did it ever feel overwhelming or, or scary to you to embark on trying, doing all this learning and trying to live in this way did you ever come at it from a perfectionistic or controlling mindset or is it something that that you've always kind of been drawn to it's something that over time I think I got more and more drawn to and because of 
how interested I've been in it and I've become in it. It doesn't really feel like a chore or like a task. It kind of feels like there was that bit of curiosity at the beginning that you were talking about, which definitely fueled it. And just this wanting to learn more about um, natural medicine, yes, but also like natural living and what's true. And for me, what feels true is a lot of what falls in line with living simply, living naturally. Um, and so I think it's important though, as you mentioned, it can feel overwhelming at times, especially because as you said, the world is like, it's not really built for simplicity anymore, I feel. Um, so it can be overwhelming to know where to start and then once you're started, how to keep going. But I think kind of with everything, it takes time to unfold. And I found that for me too, it's still unfolding for me. But like the transition to, for example, um, like having natural non-toxic home and beauty products, for me, that was a transition. Like it's really awesome if you have the intention to make that non-toxic switch, but it doesn't happen overnight. And I think a big thing is being at peace with that and knowing that it'll take time, but there's value in the journey itself. And it'll get there. I think like if the intention is there, as you said, then then we'll get there. And little by little, I, I feel like we can change our, change our own lives, but I think slowly the world will kind of have to return to this more simple, like more natural way of life because it's not really sustainable for the earth or for ourselves, for our health to be living in these like very disconnected, very fast paced, ways of life yeah and it's so interesting because I think something that I have I'm learning to accept a little bit more is that you do have to experiment and everybody and every body is different and so for for example when it comes to like you were saying non-toxic um, beauty or you know hygiene or personal um, the things that we're putting on and into our bodies. Um, it's like everyone's different. So something that that is natural and healthy for one person might not work as well with your body or there might be an adjustment, right? So it's also like accepting that it's a learning journey and an experimentation. It's not about like just reading one article and say, and thinking, oh, this thing's super healthy and I have to, I have to use this, um, right? Like you have to get to know yourself. Yes, definitely. And I feel like that goes for the products that we use, like you said, but it also goes for like the foods that we eat. Different diets work really well for different people. And some people can like thrive on a vegan diet, but some people can't, like some people need more like meat. So I think that that definitely applies. We all have different needs in all aspects of our lives and we all have different, um, like extents that we're willing to commit, I think, and things that will work best with our lifestyle. So I totally agree. I think everyone is different and everyone has to find what works for them. And like you said, take that time and believe that that, like, that has to happen. Those trial and errors have to happen and, and they're good because in the end you'll figure out what works for you. So where do you think the seeds are in your own life for this inclination do you look back on your childhood and see the seeds for this work that you're doing now and this kind of life calling that you have 
It's so interesting. I was thinking about that before and I was thinking like some things you kind of know you have like a turning point either something happened and like that made you decide on something or like at least you know the point when you decided on it but I feel like I can't really pinpoint anything like that for me. I kind of feel like growing up my parents were really into like fitness and eating healthy and I grew up in a really rural area. I don't know if those things all like are a seed in themselves like um, something that got me started on the path even if I didn't know it at the time um, and then I feel like being at Drew really it's a liberal arts school and I feel like it opened my eyes to a lot of different things and I kind of knew that I wanted to be a doctor or be in medicine ever since elementary school and I'm not sure if at the time I said like oh yeah I want to be a doctor because it sounded cool but it kind of like that like there is some truth in that um, and all through college, I was thinking I want to be like a medical doctor or a doctor of osteopathy because those were the only types of medicine that I knew existed. Um, but then during my gap years, I think it was a combination of the knowing I wanted to be a doctor and go into medicine and the fact that little by little, I felt like I was leaning towards just a more natural lifestyle in general. I think those things coming together and then Time, like my gap years when I got to sit with all that and figure out what it meant and actually discover that naturopathic medicine existed. I think when all of that came together um, and it still wasn't even like, oh, it all came together at one distinct time that I can remember, but it's just, I think a process and like a combination of things that over time I was like, well, this really feels right. Like this feels like true medicine to me. This feels like what I want to study and what I want to live. Um, and then it just kind of unfolded from there. So I think it was more like a, maybe a combination of events and just a period of time that brought me here. And you studied, did you major in biology at Drew? Really close. Yeah, I studied in biochemistry. Biochemistry. Okay. I also really knew already that I loved like public health and environmental studies. So I minored in, minored in those, um, and I also really loved anthropology. Like I took a number of Drew's anthropology classes and I think my favorite was medical anthropology. And I think if there was any specific component of my education at Drew that like maybe opened my eyes to naturopathic medicine, it was probably that because that class was all about healing across cultures and not just like how diseases are treated, but people's interpretation of disease, which I thought was super, super interesting. Mm. So maybe that, maybe that's a seed. I would definitely call that a seed. Mm. I'm curious about your interest in science and holistic medicine and faith. Like all of those things can be seen as being at odds. I'm curious what your relation to how you see all of those things in relationship with each other yeah that's a really big question and a good question. yeah it's big <laughs> um one thing that just to go back to the last question real quick to lead into this one um one thing that I was kind of not worried about but I, I kind of had it in the back of my mind when I decided on naturopathic medicine um it's kind of like a small field right now even though I think it's true medicine and I think slowly people are going to realize the value of it it's small and it's not accepted in all states. Like if I were to move back to New Jersey, 
New Jersey is an unlicensed state, so that means that I wouldn't be able to call myself a doctor. I wouldn't be able to diagnose or treat people or like touch people. So how can I do anything? Like I can't do physical exams. I can't like order lab work or anything. Um, so it's kind of a profession that I think is not taken seriously by some people or looked down on by some people, but it's okay. Like I feel in my heart and like with my whole being that this is good real medicine. So I was okay to kind of like go down this path, even though I'm still not sure like where it's going to lead me, how it's going to turn out after I graduate. Um, but one another thing that kind of well, it ties into your going back to your more, your more recent question now. Um, I think one field of people who kind of has a, a mistrust in naturopathic medicine are really uh, faithful people. Mm. Um, and it took me a while at the beginning when I started studying this to really try to reconcile what my belief system is and naturopathic medicine and just like a lot of I guess you would call it like new age um, ideas and like practices and ways of understanding the workings of the universe, basically, and also like understandings of healing. And you identify as Catholic, right? Yep, exactly. So do you feel like some of the pushback against new age elements comes from other Catholics or the Catholic community? I think Catholics and I think um, a lot of Christians in general. Mm -hmm. For me, since I'm, I'm, I identify as Catholic, um, there's a saint in the Catholic Church. She's recognized as a doctor of the church, which means um, she has she created significant writings that are like recognized by the church as being um, inspired by God, basically, and of good spiritual and like moral value. And her name is Saint Hildegard, and she was she was um, a religious sister who had visions from God and used those visions to heal people with like herbs and natural remedies. And she didn't have any medical training, but people who came to her got better. And she wrote, she wrote about a lot of these things. And one of the things that she did use in her healing was crystals. And for me, like a lot of that, just knowing that a, a doctor of the church said that like, Oh, I, I received this vision from God and I know that I can use like, for example, jade stone to help a patient with like heart troubles or something. Um, I feel a lot more confident in, in having, I feel like for, for me, she's kind of a bridge. Like she bridges the Catholic church with a lot of what um, natural healing is about. Um, and so for me, just having a figure like that is really helpful. And, and then it also, again, comes down to just, like, what I what I feel. Um, if that doesn't sound too, like, vague. But I've, I've studied a lot about the Catholic Church. And I actually, I grew up in a Catholic house. Um, but it never really meant anything to me until college. I kind of, like, I took an intro to world religions class. And I went to a lot of, like, non-denominational services and I checked out um, like a mosque and a synagogue and I did a lot of exploring and I actually landed right back where I started and decided for myself that I believe the Catholic Church is like the true church that's just what I the realization or like the understanding that I came to for myself um, 
But before I did that, I did a ton, like just a ton of research on it. That was like our last semester at Drew. And for the first time ever, I didn't have like a maxed out um, credit load. And so I had time to just kind of like explore this. Um, and that's what I did. And I feel like knowing a lot about the Catholic Church and about what I like, what I feel my faith is, and then knowing a lot about natural medicine and kind of the methods behind a lot of the different modalities, like treatment modalities, I can reconcile it for myself. And it's still like always a process of discernment. Like there are some things that I just like won't engage in because I feel like it doesn't really go along with my faith and it might be like risky spiritual territory. But um, a lot of the time I just kind of feel like for me, there's really no more disparity anymore. Like there's no discrepancy. I can, I feel like I can live in both worlds, but they're still all like one world that fits together. Like in my mind, it's reconciled. Mm. What was the process of discernment like for you when you were trying to decide or when you were, when you made the decision to go back to school and to, to go to California um, to study naturopathic medicine? Was that a difficult process of discernment for you or um, what did it look like? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I feel like it was another one of those things that slowly I kind of sat with it and it just felt right after a time. I remember I like at the beginning, I was like, how can I move to California? Like, what am I thinking? I don't know anybody in California. And I've always been someone who just like really enjoys being home. I'm really close to my family. And so I actually like sometimes I'm still surprised at myself that I even did it. Like what even moved me to to make a move across the country by myself? Um, I do think it was all like it's all part of the plan, though. So I, I think like I wouldn't have done anything other any other way. Um, but something funny, actually, about how I what started my discernment, I guess, about naturopathic medicine was when I learned that naturopathic medicine exists. Um, and how that happened was I was skiing in Pennsylvania. And usually I was with my family and usually I would like go up the lift with one of them. But there just happened to be one run when I went up like a two person um, chairlift. And I was in line on my own, just going to go up like solo. But someone else like skied up next to me at the last minute and rode up the chairlift with me. And he was um, someone who I talked to for 10 minutes of my life. And I feel like he gave me the direction that I needed. He told me, he was like, he told me a little bit about his story and how he was like working on his massage license and really interested in naturopathic medicine, but he didn't think he'd be able to do the medical program at that time. But I was like, wow, that's, really cool. That sounds like exactly what I'm interested in. And he's like, yeah, you should look at this school called Bastyr. Um, It's a naturopathic medical school. And I think like, it sounds like you might be interested in it. So I went home and I like looked up Bastyr and I discovered naturopathic medicine. And from there, I guess like my future was written. Mm, That's so interesting. And it just goes to show how like you just never know. what's going to happen. You never know who you're going to meet or what conversation you're going to have that's going to kind of steer you in a certain direction. Exactly. Um, 
Yeah, that's so interesting. Um, I'm curious about what are some of the, it sounds like you live very intentionally um, and you talk in your blog about uh, some topics that in the most recent episode of the podcast um, I talked about with Dr. Keisha Moore, another from Drew as well. Um, She talked about, you know, things like um, determining your purpose and, you know, cultivating passion in your life and being really clear on your values. And those are all things that you have talked about in your blog. And she talked about the importance of having rituals and healthy habits that support you in remembering um, remembering your values and being intentional about how you're living them out. So I was curious about what some of the daily habits or rituals are that you have that help you to try to cultivate the health and happiness and harmony and hope that you talk about in your blog. Wow, that's a great, great question. And also, um, just the way you put it was perfect. Like, I think all of those things are important. Living in alignment with our values and like having rituals or reminders, like whatever it takes for us to kind of keep bringing us back to that space, even if we kind of start slipping away. Faith is a big part of my life. So I do, um, I do go to church every weekend. Um, and there's occasionally on some days I'll go during the week as well. Um, what I do on my way home from school a lot of days is I stop um, at a church along the way and they have a sanctuary where I just go for maybe like half an hour, 45 minutes and just spend that time like in prayer, in meditation, whatever you kind of want to call it, just reflecting and um, talking to God basically. Um, So that's one component. And then I like to think that my like food and my whole eating is kind of a way for me to stay in that healthy natural space because I really do try to be mindful about what I eat and like when I eat the environment that I'm eating it in that it's like calm enough that my body can really digest it and absorb it um so I think like being intentional about the way I eat really helps um I think at this point it's like since I have been kind of in this learning and transitioning into natural health stage for so long, like it's been years now and a lot of things I kind of just have set in place and they're my daily lifestyle at this point. So like the products that I use like on myself and in my home, the food that I eat, just like the things that I buy now, the way that I shop is totally like, um, I try to keep everything as like, fresh and like clean and organic and um, non-processed as possible. But these things, they're all, like I said, they're kind of just all my, my lifestyle now. So I think for a time, it's really important to have those um, like reminders. And sometimes we just have to keep telling ourselves like, no, this is um, like, this is what's best for you. And just try it, just try it. And then eventually it becomes like what we like and what we're used to and what's our norm. Um, so I think a lot of things for me are really just, it kind of just comes down to that. It's like the way that I've been living and been trying to live for a while. And also important are like, for me, movement, like exercise and being outside. I really feel like those things, even if it's just like sitting outside on the lawn for like 
10 minutes in the sunshine and not thinking about anything except like being present and being thankful for what I have and trying to take a deep breath, like grounding and being connected to the earth. I think um, going back to what we were talking about before, this really ties into we have to figure out what works for each one of us as individuals. So those are a few of the things that really like for me help keep me like in my space and um, knowing that I'm living in alignment with my values and knowing that I'm living my purpose and like living intentionally. Yeah. And I, I love how in the blog you, you talk about, you talk on multiple levels of daily life. So you talk about material things and you speak more metaphorically. So like the, you'll give, you know, recipes for, for food or for, um, for like how to make candles or, you know, how to make shampoo or something like that. But then you'll also talk about, so you have a blog post about sunlight, um, and, and, and sunscreen and sun exposure. And then you have an, another blog post talking about light at, in a more spiritual sense, like the light of, uh, for you, the light of God. Um, I'm curious, especially as a Christian, how you think about like the aspect of privilege and marginalization when it comes to things like having access to organic foods or having access to um, even like green space and things like that. Um, and yeah, I'm just, what, what are your thoughts on, on the, the aspect of privilege when it comes to being able to prioritize wellness and have access to the tools that we need um, to try to live like cleaner, less toxic lives? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a hard question, and it's something that I think about a lot because I feel like I'm privileged, first of all, to be going to this school and like having an opportunity that maybe so many people would wish for, but they just don't have. Um, and like things like being able to go to the store and buy organic food, or like buying an air filter for your house or something, like things that promote health, or access to a gym, like something like that. Um, like not everybody can do that. And I see that even with a lot of patients in our clinic, like we were a teaching clinic. So we charge a lot uh, lower fees than what a regular naturopathic doctor in the community would. Um, and so a lot of times, like as naturopathic doctors, we believe so strongly in the foundations of health, health, like the, we call them the determinants of health. And basically it's like lifestyle factors that you would think of that really do play a big role in how healthy we are. Things like good food, good water, getting enough sleep, getting exercise, um, not being stressed out, which is hard for all of us, but especially hard for people who maybe aren't sure like where they're going to get their next meal or like where they're going to get medical care, no less. So um, it's something that I think about a lot and like our patients come in and, and we might want to say to them, okay, well, eat organic, like change your diet. You can't be eating like fast food four times a week or like every day and expect that you're going to be well because our bodies just aren't 
set up like that. Um, it's not they're not given the materials that they need to thrive if we're living like that. But I know that sometimes that's all that people can do in the moment. Like they have to eat, and that's all that they have access to because of like either proximity or like affordability. It's definitely a big problem, and it's definitely present, and we see it in our patients like every day. Um, but I wish I had like a better answer, a better answer to it because it's really true that um, our surroundings and the things that we call the determinants of health really do determine our health. And it's unfortunate and it's unfair that not everybody has equal access to those things. Yeah. And I guess I was curious if at your school, like if there's any, um, if there's any sort of like advocacy work or, or research into policy or how to, you know, like bring some of it to communities that that have a lot of need. So the San Diego campus is a newer campus. It just opened in 2012. So I think we're still kind of like getting our name out there in the community and still like reaching out and making connections. There are some different clinics um, spread kind of throughout San Diego that um, that past year students do work at and a lot of them are serving underprivileged communities. Um, Bastyr also sends a lot of like educating students out so so like students who want to talk to people about um, healthy eating can go to communities and give their like give their lectures on that and just kind of educate people around that Um, again that doesn't always like that doesn't always work right if you're in a community where the access isn't good or people don't have the means to afford it, but um, my point in saying that was like, we do do free um, like education for different communities, both like around the city and also right at the school. Um, So there is that, there are ways, and I know that there are groups on campus and students on campus who are really involved in like, um, in policy and legislature and everything it's such a difficult question <laughs> um, that I was asking, but it's just something that I think about when I think about um, having like a Christian um, lens or perspective and thinking about so many of the teachings of, about caring for the poor and the sick. And um, it's obviously such a huge question in our country <laughs> well, and around the world um, about how well do we do that. Um, so I just wanted to kind of just hear what your thoughts were because it's something that just sits on me a little bit when I think about health and wellness and who does and doesn't have access to care yeah it's it's really interesting there's there's this show on the Hallmark channel which (laughs) is kind of silly but it's called um Good Witch have you ever heard of it I've heard of it it's about a woman named Cassie Nightingale who they never come out and say she's a witch, but she's definitely like a wise woman healer and she's very intuitive. She has very strong intuition. She's very wise and kind and compassionate and she's always making like um like tea she's always making different tea blends and herbal remedies and essential oil um mixtures and helping and healing people or doing a lot of like preventative medicine with people around her small 
Midwest town. <laughs> and um, in the show, like a, a, a doctor from New York City comes into town and um, they end up in a romantic, you know, relationship. But it's this it's this really like interesting interplay of um, her more intuitive um, style of healing versus his extremely western um western approach to um medicine you know in the lot in a lot of ways this show is almost kind of like a fantasy because because there's a lot of you know there's there's closure where there's there's often harmony where the two the two figures representing these different modalities like can often come together and work really well together to heal people and I'm, I'm curious as to what you see the relationship being between naturopathic medicine and the type of medicine that we are more used to at, at this time in the U.S. Um, and other parts of the world as well, where it's more about prescriptions and, you know, um, just the different types of medicine. How do you see them working together? Um, first, before I answer that, I just want to say that, like, that the good witch lady, Mm -hmm. she sounds like exactly, she sounds like what people think of as a witch, right? Like, oh, she's mixing up her potions in her kitchen Mm -hmm. and she's very intuitive or whatever. Um, but kind of like going back to the religion question and like reconciling that, I feel like I love to do those things too. Like, I love to mix up my own like tinctures and like salves and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what I sell. Like, you've seen my. Um, my shopping list and mm-hmm. to me it's not it there's like no, nothing witchy about it it's like <laughs> yeah. plants that like nature grows so in my like in my worldview like god has put these plants on earth like we can use them yeah. and they're really good for us um yeah and, and so i don't consider yeah go ahead no i'm sorry i I'll, you should finish first <laughs> i was supposed to say i don't i don't consider it witchy i don't consider it like that, I'm fine with. I don't consider that going against my religious beliefs at all. <laughs> yeah, and I don't, I, I definitely, I think because, you know, obviously it's a TV show and it's on the Hallmark Channel. So there's like a little bit of a wink in like calling her a witch. But honestly, to me, it's just like she's this archetypal, you know, healer um, and wise woman. And, um, and for myself, I've seen, you know, how powerful, like, I've been interested in this because I shared on the second episode being well with Marissa Sweeney. I just kind of mentioned that I had a time like a period of almost of about three years where um, I had and I, I always feel I feel like embarrassed sharing it, but it's kind of silly. But I had a yeast infection for like basically three years and I was going to the doctor like I saw three different doctors um in my regular practice and then I saw a specialist and I had to wait six months to see the specialist and you know like they gave me some different medicine and mostly kept telling me to use over-the-counter products and obviously it was not resolving the issue and I'm not a doctor so when I say this I am not I'm not telling people to go out and just do this but I finally got to a point where I was doing my own research um, trying to learn more about things that I could try um, that would actually get to the root and um, give me, you know, relief and peace of mind. 
and I ended up using apple cider vinegar and garlic and um, the next time I went to the doctor you know my lab results came back normal and um, so I really saw how powerful you know um, natural things can be and how it can save you money and it can save you um, unfortunate side effects from medicines and uh, or from pills and prescriptions and things like that. Um, and I've always been drawn to that as well. Like even as a kid, I, I was always so, um, I never wanted to take medicine when I didn't understand if it was actually going to get to the root of what was happening to me. Um, and I always felt wary about like things like antibiotics being over prescribed and, um, so I've definitely had that inclination in me. And then what tipped me over the edge was having this experience of like, well, I'm going to all the doctors and they're just kind of throwing, like kind of shrugging. Um, so, yeah. So anyway, that's just my my personal story sharing how I've been interested in learning about um, how we can use food and, and plants as medicine. Um mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think that that even like ties together in some way, the relationship between like naturopathic medicine and allopathic or conventional medicine um, that you just asked about. I feel like there's two different ways that you can look at it. One way is like we would call it green allopathy or like green allopathic medicine, which is um, finding like herbal or food replacements for drugs. So it's like instead of taking an antibiotic, you're going to use like oil of oregano or something, um, which is like a natural antibiotic. So that's one way of like looking at naturopathic medicine compared to allopathic. It's like, well, instead of taking a drug, which is maybe expensive or like can have side effects, um, let me just take something natural instead. Um, I think there's a place for that in naturopathic medicine. Like there's times when people might do better with like a botanical remedy instead of like a pharmaceutical. Um, But I also think like naturopathic medicine is it's way more than that, because as you were talking about, like you mentioned multiple times in your own um, healing story that it really comes down to the root cause and like in naturopathic medicine, we have, we call them the six principles of naturopathic medicine. And one of them is addressing the root cause. And sometimes it takes like a ton of digging. And a lot of times it's really frustrating, like for patients and for the doctor as well. It can be because it's like you see patients and you recommend things and they're just not getting better for whatever reason. Um, But I think that like getting to the root cause is so important. And it's something that we really um, we really emphasize and, and that's just one of the principles, like other ones are prevention. So I feel like naturopathic, naturopathic medicine does a really good job at preventing disease because living a healthy lifestyle just automatically sets someone up for not being as prone to things that they might've otherwise had or gotten. Um, so there's that component of like prevention Naturopathic medicine also does a really good job in like chronic cases where allopathic medicine really can't touch it because I feel like to some extent allopathic medicine is limited in that 
it does a good job at matching like a condition with a drug for it. Um, but I think a lot of like medical doctors toolkits are kind of limited because they don't go beyond that and not for any fault of their own like the system their medical school like doesn't teach them the things that we learn in naturopathic school and also the timing of their visits like five or seven minutes with the patient you can't get into the deep stuff like you can't really dig down to the root cause all you really have time for is like figuring out which drug might match their symptom picture best um and i don't want to put allopathic medicine down because it's so important and you asked about what I think the relationship is between naturopathic medicine and allopathic. And I think um, it's, I think it's like, it's teamwork. It's like, we both have our place and allopathic medicine is really good at like emergency care. It's really good with like a lot of acute situations. Um, but naturopathic medicine, I feel like is a little bit more, well, it's definitely more holistic. And I think it's a little bit more encompassing of like, whole person, mind, body, spirit, wellness, like figuring out really, really why is someone like having a yeast infection that goes on for three years, which is actually not that uncommon. Like I've seen multiple patients who just have like recurrent yeast infections or even like recurrent UTIs that their conventional doctor can't really give them an answer to. Um, I think naturopathic medicine does a great job at like spending time with patients and getting to the root like the root issue, whether it's something that is starting in the body or sometimes starting in the mind. Like, I think we really take a bigger look at the person. And so I think for people who like, they don't care, they'll just take the drug. They only have five minutes to spend in the doctor's office. Like maybe allopathic medicine is for them. But for people who are maybe a little bit more invested and they really want to figure out like what's going on with them or just how they can stay well and they're willing to put like that time and energy into the things we were talking about at the beginning of the episode like having those healthy lifestyle practices and rituals and everything i think that's more like where naturopathic medicine that's who naturopathic medicine caters to is like the person who really wants to be like well and is willing to put in a little bit of work sometimes it takes a little bit of work like changing your diet is not easy and i think we all probably know that to some extent and not being stressed like that's that's a ridiculous request in a lot of like respects to ask of people so naturopathic medicine like living a healthy lifestyle can be really hard um but i think it like it definitely has its place so i think naturopathic medicine and allopathic medicine go really well together um but each one kind of has its own like area where it shines that was so beautiful, and I'm so glad we got there because, like, I wish I had asked you that first thing, actually, because the way that you just talked about that was so beautiful and helpful because I think some people hear naturopathic medicine and they just think, like, oh, that's for, like, people who are against, you know, totally against um, Western medicine or who um I don't who don't believe in science or people you know what there I feel like there are like all these conceptions about it um and your way of describing how um allopathic medicine is is so is really effective for acute care and things like that and how naturopathic medicine is so good for preventative care 
I think that's that sounds like that's really important um and it's not about like rejecting all western medicine um and also like your how you talk about the importance of of and what an individual really wants and needs um and what an individual is willing to do like I kind of I I really simplified that story when I said like and then I used apple cider vinegar and garlic like there was a long period of me trying out you know I I've definitely changed um the way that I eat I'm not by any means like the most the cleanest eater I'm not super strict um but I definitely have much healthier eating habits now because you know during that time of trying to figure out what was going on with me it was like well it's not going to hurt anything to to clean up how I'm eating um I definitely tried some like strict diets at points um to try that that we're supposed to kind of like kill yeast and things like that but those are hard yeah yeah really and and to be honest like didn't end up being very healthy for me and what's so interesting is like what you're talking about the how the holistic mindset of um sometimes you can sometimes it feels like people can be really perfectionistic and controlling to a really unhealthy degree about this stuff um and 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 taking into consideration things like your stress level and um how you're feeling emotionally and mentally like I knew I couldn't do a certain diet that was causing me so much stress that it was like there's no way this is good for my whole body you know um so I feel I'm kind of rambling now but um I'm just so glad that you spoke to all of those different components and complexities because I think that we often can just kind of reduce things down to like a polarized, um, we can reduce things down to a polarized view of this or that. Um, and this is right for everyone and this is right for no one or whatever. And I just really love how you described all of that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I definitely, first of all, I don't think you're rambling. I really liked what you said too. And, um, yeah, I really think that there's just a time and a place for both. And I think sometimes for me, since I've known about naturopathic medicine for a while now, and it's been like my life for the last three and a half years, cause like, I'm just totally immersed in the program. I can kind of forget that like people on the outside don't see it the way that I see it. Like people do have these skepticisms and they do have these questions. Um, I think if anybody wants to know a little bit more about naturopathic medicine and kind of like the driving philosophy behind it, they should check out, um, first of all, the six naturopathic principles, just the list of what they are. And that kind of gives a better like perspective on our goals and like where we're coming from as naturopathic doctors and then also the therapeutic order um which is kind of like a triangle it looks kind of like a food pyramid but it's like it dictates the order of um how we're going to work with the patient and so like the very bottom of the triangle is um removing obstacles obstacles to cure so like basically things that could be getting in the way of someone not healing, like if they have chronic UTIs or something, um, like maybe they, they're eating too much sugar and they really just have to cut that out or maybe they're not getting enough sleep and that's their obstacle to cure. So 
Um, it just starts with a lot of the simple, like basic things like that. And then as you work your way up the therapeutic order, things get more and more um, like focused or like targeted and they start to resemble more allopathic treatments like pharmaceuticals and surgeries are at the very top. Like if all of our mm -hmm. natural methods aren't, they're not cutting it either because it's not a good fit for the patient. Like how you were saying, everybody kind of needs to figure out what works best for them. Um, either because of that, it's just not working well, or like there's something something in the treatment that's just not effective, something's not lining up, then then we'll go to like more allopathic um, like ways of treating people. So it's all it's all like incorporated and it all does tie together. And again, like it has its time. But I think naturopathic medicine has so many tools and um, even just like the way that we diagnose, it's a lot more holistic. And again, it's like getting down to that root cause, even if the root cause is kind of, as you mentioned, like some things can be more of like a mental, like something is, there's like a thought process that's keeping someone from getting well, even if it's that like really tight wanting to control things, like that's not good for our health either, even if it's like we really want to be perfect in our diet or something. Because as you said, um, the stress of that in itself isn't healthy. So then you're like, well, I'm eating well, but I'm always worried about eating well. So where's like, where do I draw the line? Like, what's the balance? But um, anyway, all that to say that like, if people do want to know more about naturopathic medicine, because I do realize it's like a very, some people look down on it. Some people just don't know about it. Um, so if anyone is curious and wants to know more, definitely look look at the naturopathic principles and look at the therapeutic order. Yeah, I'll, I'll put links to those on the show notes page of the website so that people can check them out. Um, cool. Yeah, because, and, and yeah, for me, I definitely, in some ways, like I, it's, it's almost scary to say it because I'm like, if it comes back, I don't know how I'm going to feel about about saying this, but in some ways, like that situation of having the chronic, you know, infection for me was it, there was an opportunity there for me to really get to know my body and to, um, start taking care of myself more, um, and, and looking at, okay, what am I eating? How am I sleeping? Am I exercising? But even beyond that, like you said, I also was like, you know, I, I've talked on the podcast about anxiety and um, like OCD and things like that. And so I looked at, I also wanted to look at my mental and emotional health and I was like, okay, maybe it's time for me to start talking to a therapist again, you know, and um, just taking care of myself mentally and emotionally and managing stress and anxiety and um, looking at my relationships and, and, th and some, you know, patterns of, behavior that I feel like I could, you know, be taking better care of myself. So yeah, it's a whole holistic process and it's a learning. It's a whole slow, long learning process, which in our culture where things are so much is instant, it can seem so frustrating and overwhelming. But I definitely would am the type of person who sees a lot of value in that and who was willing and wanted to um, really explore on, on a deeper level, like the whole system of myself and my, my mind and body and spirit and how, you know, 
what might be going on there, particularly because, you know, when you're at a point where um, you're, you have tried the allopathic medicine route and like, it's not really working, you know, it's like, well, why not <laughs> try everything else, you know? Definitely. And I think, um, yeah, I think what you said is so important that before, I think I was saying that I feel like everything happens at the right time. I feel like everything happens for a reason. And even though it can be hard to like say this or hard to think it about people being ill, I really do think that like people say that disease is a message. And I do think that's true. I don't think it's just a message saying like, oh, like, let's just say you have a stomach ache. So like the message is, oh, you ate something that's not good. Or like you, there's something wrong with your stomach. I think it's like, I think when we're ill, like with something like serious or even if it's acute, I think a little bit less for acute because sometimes like your immune system is down and you just catch a bug or something. But I think for some of these chronic conditions that a lot of Americans have, like a lot of people have, and a lot of people cannot find relief with conventional medicine. And if they do, it's just like a pill that's getting rid of their symptom. Um, I think like for everybody, illness really is a message. And again, it can be hard to like comprehend that. And it can also be hard to say because you don't want someone to think that they brought their illness upon like upon, yeah. upon themselves. Like, yeah. oh, you're, you weren't, you weren't thinking like positive enough. And so now you have this. It's, I don't think it's anything like that. I think it's just that it does make us take a step back and like slow down a little bit and look at what we're doing. Like look at our lifestyle, look at our mental health. Like, um, it's so, it's so interesting. I feel like there are different processes kind of in our body that mirror our mental processes. So I remember, for example, in my digestive class, I think it was last year, the professor was like, if you have someone with some sort of gastrointestinal, like something going on, and it's not responsive to treatments, like there's nothing that's helping, then you have to go to the next like level. You're not just looking at the physical anymore. Now you're like, okay, if you're not digesting and assimilating your food, what is it in your life that you're not digesting and assimilating? Like, or even like the opposite, like, um, instead of like food moving to you through fast because you're not digesting it, it's like food sitting there longer than it should. Like you're constipated. Are you really holding on to something in your life? Like, what can you not let go of? So I think it's really like, those are just examples, but I think any illness comes with an opportunity for us to reflect on something, like find some somewhere where something is not really lining up for us, like something is preventing us from being like fully happy and healthy and well. So I, I do think it's important, even though it's a struggle and it's like it involves suffering a lot of the time, I really do think that there is good and there's like a message that's supposed to come out of it. And the good might be like you adopt a healthier lifestyle like it sounds like with you you did a lot of things really well like you started to change your diet for the better you made sure you were like sleeping well getting your exercise so even if that's the positive change like sometimes that's that's all it is but I really do think that there's a reason for being ill yeah and I think like that is something that I think about a lot and that is so tricky because like you said you don't you don't want to say to someone that they just weren't doing something good enough and so they got sick or you know it's their fault that they got sick and it becoming about shame and blame or 
you know, if someone has cancer that they're not thinking positively enough and that's why they're not getting better, like that stuff can get so tricky. Um, even I think in the Catholic tradition, there are thinkers like, I think it's Thomas Merton who like he's written about suffering and saying, you know, like sometimes you don't find meaning in, you know, great suffering and, um, and like, that's okay. Like some of it is a mystery, not like it's okay. Like, Oh, it's all fine. But he's saying it's okay to not find meaning, um, and for things to be a mystery. Um, so for me, I often just kind of, I, I, cause I do definitely believe that there's so much that's connected our physical body and our, um, mental and emotional and spiritual parts of ourselves are so connected for sure. Um, but also there are times when like someone who's so healthy, like something just happens and, you know, and I, I would never want someone to feel like shame about that. Um, and, and some, and we just can't control everything, right? Like that's just the truth of life. Sometimes we don't know why things happen, right? So, so true. And even, um, going back to St. Hildegard, I remember reading, there's one point in her book where she talks about, like, you can use these remedies and they work 99% of the time, but that 1% of the time, they're not going to work and you don't know why. And it's because it's just in the plan somehow. Like, there are just some people who are not going to get better because it's not, that's not how it's meant to be. And like you were saying, sometimes we don't know and there's like the mystery around it and we can't find meaning in the suffering. Like we just can't comprehend it. Um, but even still, if we don't, even if we can't kind of wrap our head around it, I still think that it, that purpose is there and the meaning is there, even though I think that's hard to like, hard to digest sometimes. But I guess because of my faith, maybe I can make that jump. Maybe for some people, it's a little bit harder for them to kind of say, well, that's not fair. Like, how come it works for 99% of the people, but not that 1%? Like, even if they didn't do anything wrong, why is it like that? Um, but I think, like, with medicine in general, with everything, but, like, in, in terms of naturopathic medicine, kind of how I was, how I was saying before that the doctor can give tools and then it's kind of up to the patient to do what they want with it. I think it also is kind of up to like, in my, in my opinion, it's up to God as well. Like however things are supposed to happen, they will. And sometimes like our, our minds are very limited in what we can comprehend. Like we see from our own vantage point and that's kind of it. Um, in my view, like God is the maker of the universe. He knows like, he knows everything so like his comprehension is not even comparable to mine like it's so much vastly more um so in the bible it says that all things will work together for the good and i think that that's what god's plan is even if we can't see at the time like something might seem so terrible and full of suffering um but there's still something that's coming of it that's supposed to come of it so i think even though, again, like that can be so hard to like hard, hard to swallow, but I think that's the truth of it for me. Yeah, and I love how you said before that you really emphasized 
that each person has to find what is right for them and to practice discernment for themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, So that piece of it is just so important. And it sounds like you're someone who has a really strong connection to yourself. And it just sounds like are something that no matter what a person's belief system is or where they stand on how they feel about medicine or meaning or any of that, it's really about getting to know yourself and being able to listen to the the still small voice inside you um, to find what you feel is is true, right? And it sounds like that's something that's really important to you and that you you're able to to listen to that voice and to follow. Thank you. Yeah, I take that as a really big compliment because that is like, that's something that really resonates with me. And that's something that I want to, like, I want to live that truth. I want to live like what I feel is the truth. And I want to live my values, as I've mentioned before. And I think for me to not live in that way would feel very like ungrounded and disconnected because it is, um, like, as you were saying. I don't know. I think for me, it's like, if I know who I am, if I know what I believe in, if I know what I value and like, I know what's important to me, I work on constantly like trying to discern my purpose and live out my passion. That's what, that's kind of what it is for me to like be a human and be like on earth doing what I'm here to do. And it also is what keeps me feeling like I'm in that space where I can be healthy and happy and well. And it just feels like, like realness and like truth and those are things that I value really highly and for anybody who um like maybe doesn't spend as much time like with themselves or for whatever reason there there is that little bit of that disconnect I think it's really important that they do try to figure out like what brings them back to themselves what helps them figure out who they really are and what they're here to do and just spend time with that and like work with that because I think it's one of the most important things that we can do in the blog you talked in one post about prayer and I know that you know some people are not not religious um maybe don't even really identify as spiritual but I think that prayer can come in so many different forms um and for some people that might be like a form of meditation that isn't connected to a religious or spiritual belief even but like there are ways that people practice feeling connected to the earth, to their bodies, to other people. And I'm just curious if you could talk a little bit about um, your relationship to prayer. And that is something that can also seem kind of overwhelming at first. Like, I don't even know, like, what is prayer and how how does someone pray? Like, um, especially since you said, you know, you, you came to... Um, to think about religion and spirituality and faith, like in college, um, were you daunted at first by just the concept of prayer? Um, and how did you, how did you cultivate that practice in your life? Yeah, it can definitely, definitely be overwhelming at first and like all throughout like your prayer life in general. Um, I think the first thing to remember is, if you're if you're thinking of prayer in the way I think of prayer, which is like, I would say like talking to God or spending time with God, but really, um, I forget who it was. It might it might have been Saint Therese, which she's my patron saint. But one saint said, "Prayer is a movement of the heart toward God." 
So it's like whatever some different like spiritual um, or religious like orders have like work as prayer. Like there's Benedictines mm-hmm. who like, they spent, like their work is their prayer. And St. Therese, who I just mentioned, like she would say a simple act, like if you pick up a pencil for somebody, but you do it with the intention of like giving glory to God, then that's a prayer. So I think prayer can come in a lot of different forms. Um, it can be like, it's very individ- individualized. It's kind of like how you have relationships with different um, people. Like you have a relationship with God as well. If you're like considering prayer, just talking to God. Um, and for me, like whether you believe in God or like the universe and you're just trying to like connect to spirit or like what is or whatever your like mindset behind it is and your belief is, um, just remember that like the universe or in my like in my perspective god um knows you like has been here forever and knows like in my, in my view of god like it's a more personal view than just like calling calling it universe or whatever mm-hmm. so i feel like god created us and like he knew me like before i was even formed in my mother's womb is what we read in the bible and um so this is like this is a being who made you like made you in love and like is with you every moment of your life like every moment of eternity hopefully so so there shouldn't be like i say if someone is coming at prayer from like a christian perspective but they're like embarrassed or not sure how to start or whatever just remember that this like you're you're basically starting a conversation with someone who already knows you and like already knows your heart and like it's not there's like there's no person in this world who knows you better or loves you more. So there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Just kind of come as you are and start where you're at. Um, and so there's no need for pretense either. Right. Or, exactly. or trying to pretend to be a certain way. Totally. Cause you could never get away with it. This is like, <laughs> who, like knows everything. Right. And you're going to try to like sneak something by them. It's not going to happen. What's something that you're learning about or growing into in your life right now right now I'm like in the midst of what I'm calling a transformational crisis I'm I just like called it that the other day and I think what it is is it's this realization that like in six months I'll graduate and I'll be a doctor and I have to decide like what to do with that Mm -hmm. and there are so many options and like limitless possibilities which is an amazing thing but it's also like it can be overwhelming and like you can get that panicky feeling like you were talking about in the beginning. Um, I think something that I've, that I do believe that I mentioned multiple times now is like things happen at the right time. They happen for a purpose, but something that I feel like we constantly, at least I constantly have to work on is reminding myself that that is true. Like I don't have to have everything figured out now. I can't have everything figured out now. And I think that's where we run into problems where we're like, we look at everything ahead of us at once, but really it never happens that way. Like we just take it one step at a time because that's what we have to do. Like we live in time and like moment by moment things come at us and we handle them as they do. So I think like those are some concepts that I'm that I'm working with now. It's like it can feel like so much to have to figure out like not just what to do when you're done with school, but so many things in life. Like there's life is full of decisions and I think just sitting with it and trying to enjoy the the journey because really like that's what life is 
is a journey. Um, I think trusting the process and sitting with that and knowing that everything's going to work out okay is something that I'm something that I'm really like ever working on, especially now. Yeah, that's beautiful. And just so I think so many people can relate to that. I definitely can. And something that someone said to me that's really helpful is she said, you know, think back on your life and on all of the times you felt this fear about, you know, making a decision or are things going to be okay and think back on how those things worked out and how you didn't know at the time what was going to happen next exactly, you know, um, but over and over in your life, you know, you, you've, you've seen how, how taking things one step at a time can just lead you to the next right thing, you know, and then the next right thing for you. So I think that's just the lesson that we're all trying to learn is how to let, let things unfold and not, um, not get too ahead of ourselves. Yeah, definitely. And I think that is, it's all a learning process. Like even taking the time to, like you said, like you look back and you realize like places where you made decisions. And for me, I feel like I'm fortunate to say that I, I feel like I wouldn't have changed anything so far in my life. Like I'm really glad that everything has worked out the way that it has. And just trying to remember that, like, I think, um, all along the way, we're going to be like making these decisions and worrying about things to come. But really, when we take a like take a step back and look at our history, like how things have worked out up to this point, for me, I feel like all the things I worried about turned out okay. Like all the decisions I wasn't sure about turned out great. So I think just kind of recognizing that that like look at the history of it. Things have worked out for all of us so far like we're we're here we're still here mm-hmm. so just kind of keeping that in mind yeah thank you so much that's so great could you tell people about your your shop and your holiday sale that you're having right now I would love to um so the shop is called well my products are I guess like the line is called handmade by Heather May Um, and I've been making these things like how we were talking before about just like mixing up like plant stuff in the kitchen. I love to do that. And I, I love to formulate things like make certain combinations and figure out what works. Um, and I've been doing that for years now and I've been meaning to start a store for so long and it is so much work. Like it, it it just takes so much, like so much goes into it like planning and different like things that you have to do to get it lined up. So it's taken me a really long time to like finally get rolling and get things started. Um, but I opened up, it's, it's a virtual store and I opened it up just for like this week um, leading up to the holidays. And then, so it'll be kind of like closed up at the end of this week. Um, On December 13th. Is that right? Yep, exactly. Um And then it'll open up again, like the second week in January. So I just wanted to do like, not really a trial, but just like a little introduction, like introductory opening, I guess. Um, And just give people a chance to order things if they wanted them for the holidays. And then starting in the new year, I'll have a little bit more chance to like make the stock a little bit bigger and really get rolling and then hopefully just keep it open from there. So I have a little form in the actual blog post right now the store is just like a blog post um just as like a trial 
but I put a little section in there that has like, if you wanted to write me an email with your order, because that's the way I'm doing it right now. Um, I even added a little spot for promo code. So if anybody wants to use the code perennials, if that like if that works for you, I love I love the name of your podcast, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. If anyone wants to use the code perennials, it, it'll be valid this week and then also for the first month of the new year. So January. So it'll be a 10% off your total order. Awesome. Thank yeah. you so much for that. And um, and where else can people find you and your work? So I have the blog itself, which is livinginthelighttoday.wordpress.com. And then I also have a Facebook account and an Instagram account. So Facebook is called Living in the Light Today. And so is Instagram. Instagram is um, living in the light today under, or living in the light underscore today. If you liked the episode, I hope that you'll share it and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review. It helps people to find the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you'll join me next time.